Sox popped higher today. We saw the Dow up over 540 points after the May after the April jobs report came out much better than expected. 230,000 plus jobs are created in this country when Wall Street was just expecting 180,000. Are the good times here to stay? Well, we're here to answer that for you. Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, Cinco de Mayo edition. I'm your trader, Todd Schoenberger, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Tobin Smith, out in sunny and hot Scottsdale, Arizona, and he is decorated for the occasion. I would say you look great, Toby. And we are joined by a featured guest, Jeffrey Hirsch from the Stock Traders Almanac, is back with us on Buy, Hold, Sell. So, Jeff, I want to start with you. Me too. Your, your seasonal sell signal came out on the day that we saw the markets pop higher. What gives? I mean, it's a little, were you a little later, a little early on this? I think we were on time. It actually, it actually triggered on August, I mean, April 25th. So, for us, we were in in October, our Dow position up 10.8. S&P position up 8.2. We're still carrying the NASDAQ. So the Dow and S&P best six months ends in in April. We start looking for a MACD trigger. We got it. We don't sell in May and go away. We reposition. We transition to neutral between now and and the NASDAQ sell. We got rid of our diamonds and spiders, sold a couple other sectors. um, And then, you know, we tighten up stops and we're looking at some gold and some bonds. I picked up some bond ETFs. So we're getting ready to, you know, sort of enjoy some some decent returns and bonds that we haven't had for a bunch of years while the federal government figures out their debt ceiling business. I want to use the Yiddish word Mishigas. There's a lot of Mishigas going out there. A lot of Mishigas, <laughs> darling. Let me tell you that right now. A lot Hashtag of that. Just perfect for us because we're all Mishigas here. Yeah, Jeff, but, um, I'm curious about... So I thought you were earlier in gold. I was going to give you some points on that uh, on your gold thing, but you just went into gold. You're saying now we're looking at getting in some now for the worst month because of what's going on with inflation and the banks. Even though we had a pop today, um, but looking at our seasonal charts and the and the way the market has been tracking the seasonal patterns, like we discussed from last October through now, we had had the best six months in the midterm year up 19. And, oh, I mean, that's that's another Beautiful. record, 19, 19 in a row. So we're looking to get nice. cautious. Not crazy. Not going into the – we look at a range like 3,800, 4,200-ish. We'll see if we break out or not. You know, we move with the markets. But yeah, we're I mean, not going away. We're not Jeff, going it, away. It, it's, the damn, it's the damnedest thing. You know, when you plot, like, news points and try to correlate, quote, unquote, bad news, there's good news, or, or is good news bad news, that flip-flopped like five times this week. Uh, stuff that was supposed to be bad, something uh-huh. was bad. It's a song for that. Sometimes bad is bad, and sometimes yeah. bad is good. Yeah, yeah. I'm so bad, I'm good. Uh, I got a, I got an analog for you, Toby. Yeah. 2011, right? Debt ceiling oh, crisis. Boy. What did we have here? We had Democratic president, Democratic Senate, Republican House of Representatives, John Boehner, and Obama. They had a little simpatico. I'll use a little Cinco de Mayo word. <laughs> they, they, were hanging, they were hanging out in the, in the, in the uh, White House um, movie room, and they're uh, like a uh, Boehner bums Obama a Marlboro Light. I don't remember that. Oh, kind of. Oh yeah, scene, that's right. That's right. I don't think McCarthy and Biden have the same, uh, uh, you know, cordial relationship. But the same first move was made, you know, with what yeah. McCarthy did on Wall Street. Okay, you got me. And then if you look at the chart, I mean, I, I posted it on my blog. It's in a newsletter and stuff as well. But the correlation between the S and P in 2011. And 2023 is uncanny. Hmm. And what do we have? We had a, a, an April 29 top on uh, uh, in 2011 and a 19.4% of memory service decline in the S&P to the October bottom. 
in uh, October 3rd, 2011. So, you know, I know it's a one-off. It's, it's, it's an analog to one year, but there's a lot of similarities going on. Congress's calendar hasn't changed. They still take their August recess. There's still a pre-election year. Yeah. You know, uh, election campaigning cycle come up in the fall. So, you know, that's one of the sort of one-off factors we're looking he's, at. He's yeah. got a point, Toby. Hey, Todd, first off, uh, none of you schmucks uh, have the <laughs> privilege and honor of having John B-O-E-H-N-E-R as your guest on Fox Business News is America's Natalie Scoreboard. And they cut to me and say, okay, uh, uh, the, the Speaker of the House is coming on. So I say, and don't miss what's coming up next. We have John Boner with us. <laughs> I got to find the clip of that. If I do, well, I'm no, no, they buried that. But <laughs> I, I, at the end, I was so embarrassed. You know, my ears are like exploding with the directors. And I said, "Oh fuck, man! I'm, you know, I'm out of the, I'm out of the TV business." Which is, <laughs> that was your last show. That is it. That I'm out of, so the shark. I'm flying home, and uh, I'm, you know, on like the, I don't know, four kilowatt. Wi-Fi they had at the time, and I'm trying to look up on YouTube. You know, has anybody else said it? There's like 500 of them of newscasters saying John Boner. Because if you haven't seen his name spelled, yeah, you know, your brain just says, "How can that be Boehner?" Uh, and, uh, anyway. Well, I'm, I, I just, you know, so, so you're. That's the other one that catches me. 3,800, 4,200, 30. So the Dow is now. You know, even for the year, the S and P. I, I didn't see the last number today because you know I was actually doing business other than you guys. I don't know what you guys did today. And um, it's some business. I, 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 I'm, I'm an, Everything is bizarre. Gold that makes sense. Banking crisis. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, oil prices. Oil prices are pricing in global recession. And I guess because we got the jobs number that said, well, you know, uh, the U.S. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's a tale of two cities. Great, we had new jobs, but it's service jobs that are keeping inflation, service wages keeping inflation high. Leisure and hospitality is hot. Leisure and hospitality, et cetera. So yeah. I don't know if the algorithms are just running the show and that that just a positive number, you know, Here, here's the, the algorithm went bye, bye, bye. Unemployment is at 3.4%. You can't have a recession when unemployment is 3.4%. Yeah, but you also can't knock out 4%, 5% inflation either. Right. I mean, the trajectory of the inflation, though, right now. We well, the trajectory of inflation is, is you know, sort of like uh, me after watching uh, Yellowstone. <laughs> I sort of lose my interest, right? So I... Uh, the PPI. Yeah. It's going practically negative. Right. CPI, the old school one, negative. Even the PCE is all heading south, you know, on the, the year over year, you know, percent change. You know, it, it's it's been a rolling recession, a rolling bear market. We had a couple of negative quarters of GDP last year. It, everyone's expecting it to be this huge sign. Okay, we've had our cataclysmic, you know, bear market bottom. Well, we may have had some of that in October. I contend we do, but it, it doesn't have to all fit in. I mean, the thing that we noticed looking back at the Fed minutes from the 80s when, when we were doing a little research in there. But were you used, in diapers? But, I mean, come on. <laughs> it's, on the, it's on the internet. I wasn't in diapers. I was in middle school. <laughs> I was born in 66, man. Oh, okay. But um, I know I look young. But um, they You're on to... freaking Zoom. You got the thing that makes you look younger, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> Pushes a button, he looks younger. Yeah. The thing, the point, man, listen, was that they, right. used to, they used to listen to the bond market. Yeah, that's right. Okay, they used to say, hey, well, the so-and-so window's doing this. You know, maybe we give it, and then they would make some adjustments. Now, they're trying to be smart and front run the thing. That's why I know I, I'm not a this time is different guy because it's not. Yeah, we're all good. we're all here to do the same shit. But the the 
impact of the, 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 the yield curve inversion and the rate thing, it's all trying to lead the bond market, whereas it used to follow it. So that's why I think we can have our recession prior to this inversion and this, this Michigas that we've been talking Michigas. about. Michigas. Well, Jeff, I, I, don't, I think you're right on all those points. I mean, again, just to go for like the conundrum wrapped around a riddle. You know, the leading indicators, it's never happened before. They're down almost nine or 12 months, right, in a row, 11 months in a row, right? So, you know, inflation is a lagging indicator. We all should know that by now, my God, after saying that 150 times. Um, <laughs> Not transitory, lagging. Yeah, it's, they're lagging. So, you know, the <laughs> argument was, was that the Fed was following all this lagging shizzle. I just like to use that word, me and Snoop are close. And uh, now, now, all of a sudden, the Fed is looking forward. And now they're they're using their models to say, well, we you know we're committed to two percent. We're not going to move the goalposts to three percent because we know the the bond market never going to happen. Yeah, it would never happen. Yeah, the market today's the only thing I can surmise was that for some people it took the recession off the table because if we had another down you know employment and other some so far right. the trajectory would all say okay. But to me, I'm sorry, it's the freaking algorithms that said if we get a positive number then that's an anti-recession gravity, right? And so we're going to buy, we're certainly going to cover. I mean, could you believe the, the moves in the banks? As I say, I actually did pretty well on the Zion Bank one, but... but the regional stayed great today. The Spider Regional Bank ETF yeah. was up 6%. Yet companies like PacWest up 80%. Western Alliance up over 40%. Just on the day trading. That's amazing. Right, but but so as I, Todd, but hold on. I mean, the other day, the other day yeah. I asked you, so would you be a buyer of regional banks? And you even said, no, I'd stay away. I I have to agree with you there. What do you think, Jeff? That I would not, I would stay away. I mean, if you, you could have sold into that strength today, if you were still holding and get out, but would you be a buyer at this time? No, not. I mean, I'm not day trading these things. If you're going to do that, have at it. Yeah, that's a day trading. Neutral trade strategy, that's, that's great. Not only am I not a buyer of the regional banks, we're not a buyer of a whole lot of things right now. I mean, I listen to my almanac. In addition to the seasonal trades, the, the seasonal patterns that I mentioned, we've got a lot of headwinds, obstacles, things in the way, and we are going to do our neutral stance and getting rid of some things, tightening up stops, looking for some defensive plays in healthcare and biotech, sectors that do well in the worst six months, gold, which is not great in the worst six months, but because of what's going on here with the rates, inflation, and the confusion of the debt ceiling, um, we're, we're taking, and we're also just not, there's plenty of, of, of money to be made just sitting in bonds right now. You're looking at like four and a half, five percent in most of the short-term bonds. Yeah. You just sit there and think for a while. Yeah. We're, we're, we're about 70% in, in the, you know, essentially the four and a half percent mutual funds or ETFs. Mm -hmm. what's, me too. what's intriguing to me is that we, we did a pretty involved analysis and some other people have as well on, you know, this idea, like, let's just forget for a second that. You know, a bank in the United States, the only place in the world doesn't have to mark their assets to market. In other words, it doesn't have to say every quarter, here's what they're actually worth uh, in a, you know, if we sold them tomorrow. We're the only country that does that, right? Then, if you take that metric, you just go past, there's about 2,200 uh, banks that are essentially bankrupt uh, because they have less assets than, than they have actual, you know, the money they owe via uh, deposits. Then the second thing I, I, that just blows me away is that the you know the Fed came in before all this stuff and said hey everything's fine. Pay, you know Price Waterhouse came in and said everything's fine. Uh. And now they're starting to come back and say hey wait a minute we're looking at that. <laughs> what the hell were we thinking? Uh, you see Steve Leesman's question during the, the uh, you mean um, your identical twin brother. <laughs> he plays a mean guitar too. Um, he does. But, yeah. 
He does. He uh, he was kind of shoved off with the. He was asked, well, like you guys were. What happened to the regular the the regulated? You guys saw something going on here, didn't you know anything about it? And it was like, well, I mean, I was kind of half listening to it in the background, but it was a pretty pointed question. Well, um, and I think that's the other thing that we're looking at is, you know, I mean, you can't just have this free for all. These people are just giving themselves money in with people's deposits. It, it, it's not well, going to happen. Well, I go back. They're going to get cleaned up. Jeff, when you were being born, or no, a little bit after when you were being born, <laughs> I, I was selling SNL. bonds. I was selling bonds to savings and loans. Uh, to uh, banks and pension funds, et cetera. Just like the early 80s when, you know, actually we had like a 17% 30-year <laughs> security right? bond. And I would tell these guys, I don't know if you really ever did any math because I'm saying to myself, the savings and loans just got deregulated in 1981. Before that time, they could only do two things. They could take a deposit and they could mark the deposit up 200 basis points. And that was a mortgage. That was it. That's all they could do. So anybody who studied finance, those are like the C minus students, right? And then all of a sudden, woohoo, you can buy any freaking thing you want. You can do a credit default. So you, you, and so people forget <laughs> that the 1,100 savings and loans went bankrupt between 1985 and, or 1986 and 1995. And the, I was working for Kidder Peabody. We were like going in and buying their shit that they, you know, but the, but at least at that time, you couldn't hit your button on your phone and right. take 100% of your deposits out. And that's what I think the Fed somehow, you know, doesn't understand that that when uh, Peter Thiel comes on and says, we're removing all our money out of, out of Silicon Valley Bank on Twitter, and then $42 billion between 2.30 and 4 o'clock comes out of Silicon Valley Bank. Didn't somebody put a flag up? Didn't that, you know, make yeah. anybody's, you know, a lot of they dropped the ball again. They dropped the ball again. So there's yeah. one thing I want to point out here. You, you talk about the rates. And I remember my, my big brother, who's 10 years older than me, he reminds me that he had his first mortgage on his condo back then in the 80s. And it was like, you know, 16%, 15%, whatever. It was ridiculous. So, and, you know, he, he took me when I was in high school out there. So, but we've had this huge, fast, fastest increase ever, five points. But it's still only five, which is within the historical range. So. Um, the trend is is steep, but the relative level is not like it was back when you were at Kidder, you know, yeah. cleaning up the SNL crisis. Well, well, all right, but this is here. There's like two other points that again, I just get me here because I, I, I personally, in just doing the math, you know, remember for a while things were all peachy because the FDIC came in and said we're going to cover all deposits. I don't care what you have, right? And then the Biden administration said, hey, wait a minute. There's a lot of Brits there. I don't know if you know that. Hey, wait a minute. The, the coronation is this weekend, so I could see yeah. the theme going on. Uh, they cut that back, too. They yeah. used to <laughs> well, this is a whole British yeah. outfit. I'm, I'm dressed for the, not, you know, the inaugural. For the people that are listening, you definitely want to watch the video and check out Toby's outfit right now for Cinco de Mayo. But, Toby, right, so, continue with that thought. Continue with yeah. that final so, thought. Here. So the point was, was that now we're getting into the commercial loans because big banks don't do that. I mean, right here, Northern Bank of Arizona is owned by Zion, which is one of the reasons why I've short Zion because they have a eight hundred, excuse me, seven hundred and sixty billion dollars of commercial loans that roll over in the next twelve months. I mean, not just Zion, but I mean the, the, these guys who make these and those loans are like me. I have a commercial building. They say, "Great, so um, you can." Um, uh, you know, we'll lend you the money. It's like rolls over every three years and yada, yada, yada. Well, when they went to Silicon Valley Bank, they had 
they had out of $42 billion of property loans, which I've never gotten. I don't know. You know, I, I must be like the poor bastard here. You could take a 90% loan out on your Silicon Valley mansion for 10 years and only pay interest. There was no principal. Wait, now, that sounds like that sounds like 0506. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It, 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 but I'm, this is my whole thing. I, I swear to God, Scott, you know, Todd's heard of those things. Yeah. It's just that <laughs> these, these folks did not live in the 80s. They didn't, you know, watch all these savings loans get blown up. They didn't see how deregulation, because essentially there was no way a, a, a national bank would be able to to an interest-only 10-year loan, and not at least market to freaking market. Right. Um, so it was I, I, IO was the buzzword, right? Interest-only. Yeah, interest-only. Yeah. And, and so that, that's one. Then the then so when those start to fail, I mean, look at freaking um, big guys walked away. There's like 25 buildings in New York City that are going to be are, are going to be empty. They're going to default. Big numbers, but that's New York City. That's a microcosm. But if people think the bank problem is over. The only way it would be over is if the Fed and the FDIC comes out. So, oh, by the way, the, the FDIC only has $126 billion in their kitty. They started out with like a, you know, a 1.1 trillion. So, yeah, yeah. so the FDIC is going to get bailed out before any banks get bailed out. We have to talk about QT at some point. I'm, I'm totally with you. We're going we're gonna to talk about QT. Let's talk about that after the break, though, because I want to leave it right here on this one. And um, and to follow up with you guys again on that and continue with the theme when, about the bank. When do we talk sector. about the Kentucky Derby? That's what I want. We're gonna. That's a glad you asked, Toby, because we are going to give you our Kentucky Derby picks. Because in addition to Cinco de Mayo, it's all State Derby weekend. So what good would we be if we just did not give you our Derby picks? But we will give those to you after the break. Please stay with us. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? that through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. Travis Carmichael, the seemingly social financier who successfully left behind a blue-collar Baltimore upbringing by transforming himself into an elite hedge fund manager branded with a sterling reputation for creating enviable profit machines for many of the world's most powerful people. His success proved costly as he became incessantly vulnerable after a series of careless mistakes and poor decisions originated from his love affair with the brilliant and stunningly beautiful Russian operative Naomi Knight. Through a roller coaster journey, journey of greed, mystery, sex, and murder, Travis and Naomi's metamorphosis from scorching Wall Street couple to unrecoverable bliss is forever locked for posterity as one of New York City's most interesting tales. Coming to you from former Wall Street hedge fund executive and frequent contributor on CNBC, Fox News, Bloomberg, and CNN, I, Todd 
Schoenberger feature a historical novel inspired by true events, including but not limited to those who possess impenetrable dreams of Manhattan wealth and the consuming lifestyle it perpetuates. Please pick up your copy of No Lie Lives Forever, available on Amazon and finer bookstores near you. Did you know virtually all vessels traveling in the U.S. have to be American-built, owned, and crewed? That's thanks to the Jones Act, which is the bedrock of the American maritime industry. On the American Maritime Podcast, we cover the topics that matter most to the 650,000 men and women of American maritime, while also being accessible for the average listener to learn about this industry. Every episode features a new guest, including congressional leaders, senior military officials, leading policy analysts, and other experts. Come aboard and listen wherever you get your podcasts or watch on the American Maritime Partnership's YouTube channel. Welcome back to Buy, Hold, Sell, where the Dow is up over 540 points today after the, the April jobs report came out much hotter than expected. And where, where do we get from here? Well, still, the market's as great as they were today. We still had a down week across the board, across all indices. But we saw companies like Apple that came out with their earnings up almost 5% today. And on those regional banks that we were just talking about, we had PacWest up over 80% today, Western Alliance up over 40%. Looks like the good times are here. We also have Jeffrey Hurst from the Stock Traders Almanac. And Jeff, I got to go back to you on this one. I mean, you have a sell signal, but what do you think? I mean, we, let's follow up on that Q2. What are your thoughts? Jeff, one day, is we're all back to even now. Well, just one day. I, one day. Everything's we, great. Good who, times we, are first here. Of all, remember, we got in in October. Yeah. So lady, oh, yeah he, quit busting his balls. Todd, for crying out loud. <laughs> and we only got, we only had our down S&P sell signal. We didn't sell everything. We're not going away. We tighten up some stops. Okay. No neutral. Right. But this banking thing's probably not over. I'm not touching it. We are not touching a lot of things right now. We're being patient, calm, waiting for the cycles and seasonals and the fundamentals on the technicals to, to, to all converge again sometime later in the year. But I brought up the point of uh, what you were talking about, the banks and what people don't know about the 80s, is quantitative tightening. We contend in my research department that mm, it's probably ending a lot sooner than everyone would, would, would expect with the Fed saying there's no way that they can continue to tighten up for, yeah, maybe they'll do it for a few more months, but it's never getting back to those pre-pandemic levels in our book. Maybe down to six or seven trillion, the balance sheet. Maybe not. What's it still up over nine, right? Or, or yeah, uh, over eight point two. So I mean, okay, well, we'll Jeff, give another trillion off. Jeff, What's a trillion Jeff does the Fed percent? does the Fed hike again in June? I don't think so. I think they, I mean, yeah. I mean, they remember he changed the language, and when they change the language on the on the meeting um, speech, that means that they're not going to do that. Um, but going to Jeff's point, it's rather esoteric. But you know, I love Jeff, so I'm going to I'm going to build him up a little bit. <laughs> First off, to understand quantitative tightening, you need to understand what quantitative easing was, right? So quantitative easing was, was you see this keyboard? Okay, there's a guy in the second floor at the New York Fed. And when somebody calls and says, we need you to buy $500 billion of bonds from Federal Reserve you know, member banks, he goes like this. Okay, so what happens is he doesn't, he doesn't have any money to buy those. 
the button, you know, prints digital money, it buys real bonds. And now the bank has cash and they're not sitting in bonds that, you know, that they, they can't trade, et cetera. So what are they going to do with that $500 you know, billion? Well, if I wonder if, if, if they work with hedge funds, they call up the hedge funds and say, dude, I can lend you some serious cash for seriously low interest rates and blah, blah, blah. Okay, done. Give me, you know, give me a billion. In other words, that money gets into the system. This is, you know, John Maynard Keynes uh, issue that inflation always is monetary, no matter what it's always. So we've never done that before. Now we're going to reverse. Now we're taking that money out. And the way they do it, it's still the same thing. You hit one button and and, and um, now you took, you know, the, the money that you just made up, you took it out. They just don't buy this stuff back. They just don't buy more. Yeah, they, yeah, they let it run out. Yeah. So it's, we've never been there. There's 115 PhDs at that freaking Fed building down in DC, which I've been to a couple of times. Probably 114 too many. 104, well, and they can't <laughs> figure out what the F quantitative tightening is actually doing when the banks... You know, you get this report every week on, on bank lending standards, and they went from here to here in a week. Okay, well, that's quantitative tightening, but that's not quantitative. First off, the word quantitative, I've looked it up five times. It has nothing to do with buying securities for banks or, or selling or letting them run off. It was a Ben Bernanke. He got his PhD, and he got his Nobel Prize on it, right? So, Wasn't there a lot of PhDs in long-term capital management, too? A lot. <laughs> and I just started publishing John Dessauer's World Investor. And he was loaded up on, on Thailand and Korean stocks, which just got crushed when all of a sudden, you know, people wanted their money back. And then, you know, Orange County went bankrupt. And, you know, it was quite the quite the scene. I, I'm just trying to say, Todd and, and Jeff, that I have like a stack of papers in the back here. And one is every reason why the, we're going into recession. The other one is the same amount of is why we're going to avoid the relationship. You know, so we're coming in for that soft landing. And that that uh, you know uh, inflation's on its way up. It, I've never well, seen this street so confused, so diametrically confused. And I honestly, it's because we've never been here before. There's a lot of analogs in parts of this, but on, on top of everything else, to have a banking crisis on top of a European war, on top yeah. of a pandemic, on top of 12 years of free money, and now it's you know with that money being drained. There's no way to model this. And so therefore, yeah. I believe, like me, that money managers who have to put money out are saying, just buy the fucking mega cap stocks. I can't lose there. You know, they buy. Did you see Facebook go up 48, you know, or 64 percent after the big sellout? I, mean, I have some I have some hedge fund friends and they're kind of chomping the bit that this has turned into a stock pickers market. What do you guys take on that? Well, yeah. I, I agree. So we run yeah. at our my new RIA. We run. Uh, relative strength sectors. And then I've been building micro sectors. So my favorite one, obviously, is AI. And my AI micro sector has outperformed the mega caps by three to one. Now that's stock. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and if you, you know, if, if you're an a index fund that has to own everything, you don't get anything. But yet, last year, Jeff, as you know, for once again, stock pickers completely underperformed the indexes. You know. One of our stocks, one of our semiconductors, we do stock picking. Do we? We use a, a fundamental screen in our technical analysis, the seasonal overlay. Cool. You, you've heard it; it works pretty well. Super microcomputer. Yeah, took a nice. It's an AI stock. stock, brother. It's an AI stock. We have it in it, our index. It is, but I got to tell you, you know, we look at it. We wait for the the ten Qs and ten Ks to show us revenue growth and earnings growth and acceleration of revenue and earnings growth, and that comes through without any story to it. 
And then, then the story behind you know reveals itself later. Yeah. Well, I'm as I say, uh, being seventy percent in cash, but the stuff that we're in were MLPs and energy. We just finally sold the energy, uh, letting that come back. But we're up, you know, like thirty eight percent for the year by being seventy percent in cash. But the stuff that went up, plus our AI stocks, are, and some shorts. Uh, yeah, I, you know the shorts. I, I used to, I used to, Jeff. I used to, I loved shorting. You know, then, um, then I started running other people's money. And unless I'm like here, like this morning, I, yeah. I, I had stops. I had buy stops, but you couldn't. Not to get technical, but I couldn't really use buy limits on these shorts because right. they blow right through it. So right. I had to use, you know, market orders. Yeah. And so I got twenty percent less profits on the shorts. So one had, of the guys, day by of... day, Jeff. It's not like the old days where you could just be short for you know, six months into 2008, 2009. The guys that I know that pick the small stocks, the microcap stocks, they're long the stocks they like, and they, they do a lot of tire kicking. And they're short the big caps, the overvalued big caps on the indices hmm. as their sort of hedge. I mean, this is kind of old school hedge fund style stuff where you actually are hedged yeah. for, for you know, the, the black swan type event. And they're well, like I, 90, 90, 90% long, 40% short. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, that, the, that, the I long, would don't have the, no hair left. I'd have your amount of hair left if I was doing that. I just can't. This is uh, congenital. I know that. I know your dad. I know your dad. Probably his dad was the same way. So yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. Well, with the, well, well I'm, I'm white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. This hair is all mine. I didn't have to do a thing. Don't hide the hair under a sombrero today. Okay, that's all I'm going to say to you. So uh, you got to keep that thing flowing. You look great. So listen, let's switch topics. Kentucky Derby time, guys. I know it's Cinco de Mayo. Everybody's excited about the day. And obviously with the market action, there's always time to celebrate. But let's talk about tomorrow's Kentucky Derby. We were just talking off air about our favorites. And there's so much hype about this race. It's the 149th race in Churchill Downs. What do you guys have? Toby, who's your pick to be to win the Kentucky Derby? Well, first off, I would like to take a moment seriously for the four horses that died this week at Churchill. Oh. I I grew up right near Santa Anita Park. Uh, there in you Arcadia. go. And we used to go. You over. saw Seabiscuit. Didn't you see Seabiscuit? Hey, 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 hey. Don't go there. So um, <laughs> we used to go over like seven, eight years old, and we would like clean out the stalls and we'd get, you know, tickets to watch the stuff. I've followed horse racing. I have dear friends who are like, you know, executives at Santa Anita Park. So I called them and said, who's going to win? And Pete Kucha, God bless him, who runs the gambler, the, the excuse me, the gambling there, because now you have gambling at Santa Anita Park too, not just horses. You can do it 24 by seven. He says, uh, who's I who that I told you, Scott? <laughs> For, Todd. Forte. You I have not been drinking. Forte. Put the margarita down. Put yeah, the yeah. margarita down. Forte. Forte. <laughs> Forte. He says, Forte. It, he says it on a horse-by-horse -horse basis. If you take all their times, particularly on this track, which is very dry and very fast, that Forte will if, – if Forte leads after the first furlong, then – no one's going to catch him. So, well, um, I, I, I got to say, the the, real quick though, Jeff, on that one, yeah, you got Todd Pletcher, trainer from San Antonio. He only has had one Triple Crown winner, though, in his career. And he always has multiple horses in these races. So, that's yeah, but the he only doesn't, wild he doesn't cheat thing. like the other freaking trainers who've been kicked out. <laughs> I don't know. You know, there you go. Yeah, like, like Bob. I mean, when the horse so, goes, go <laughs> after the that means they're on a little butte, okay? They're on a oh little butte. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right, Jeff, who do you have in the Kentucky Derby? Well, I went the old-fashioned method. I went and I looked at all the names, and I, <laughs> and, I, and I saw one that jumped out at me. Two fills. But then I looked into it to check my research. 
two Phil. I have a couple of friends named Phil that I talk to. They help me out with some things. So I've, I got two Phils I work with. But then two Phils has won a whole bunch of races recently, showed up in the top three, been, you know, he's like those mid-pack sort of, you know, workhorses, if you pardon the pun. And it just seemed like a pretty decent bet. The odds were not crazy. It's not some long shot. It was like nine or eight to one or two or something like that, you know, it bounced around yeah. a little bit. So two fills for me. All right. Nine and to it, one right now. Current odds are nine to one on that. And it's horse, also actually, like, and a, that's like not a about trade. You know, you get a fill. You get your trade fill. Two, I got two fills today. I like trade. that. I like but that. That's fill. a great Hopefully way to here all week. Tip your waiters and waitresses. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Who you got, Todd? Well, going with that same theory, I picked the number one horse in post position number one. Name is Hit Show. And what not it so fitting that Hit Show would be number one now in, at the for the mile and a quarter race taking place in Churchill Downs? And the reason why I'm picking Hit Show is because Buy, Hold, Sell is a Hit Show. So the segue into this is in one month, you will be able to watch Buy, Hold, Sell on Apple TV and Roku. We know it's a hit, and we think you're going to love it, too. So I'm saying Hit Show is going to win it. Bet the trifecta. Hit Show, two fills, forte. Take the box. I'm telling you, you're going to be cheering. Jeff, Just like you are today, show. you're going to be cheering really good tomorrow. we got to get Schoenberger out of Buffalo. I mean, I swear to God, he, <laughs> his, his level of – got to get the three of us together somewhere. Yeah, yeah. No his doubt. level of sophistication is rolling down the drain here. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Oh, my Don't goodness. About well, the boy, January the... indicator trifecta we already hit this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You can parlay that right into this. I'm telling you, it's going to be lots of fun, lots of fun. So, listen, that does it for us today for Buy, Hold, Sell. What a wonderful week. We look forward to so many great things next week. We have some big-time guests, so please stick with us. And we do enjoy having you here. So, on behalf of Tobin Smith and Jeffrey Hirsch of the Stock Traders Almanac, and as a side note, Check out Stock Traders Almanac by Googling it and pick up your copy hey, Wait a minute, today. wait a minute. How about TobinSmith.io at True Market Insiders? Ta- we Tobin Smith transformed We launched our new newsletter on, on the 10th, and okay. we have over 4,500 new subscribers uh, in our little promotion. I don't know how they do that. I just write the stuff. TrueMarketInsiders.com. That's what you got to do. TrueMarketInsiders.com. Maybe check that out. You guys actually should collaborate. Maybe do something where you get a discount if you buy the combo package. Ever. It's no fun. <laughs> I knew you were going to be upset that we were agreeing today. <laughs> That's right. That's right, amigo. That's right. <laughs> you look great. All right. So, for on behalf of Tobin and Jeffrey, I'm Todd Schoenberger. Thank you once again for joining us on Buy Hold Sell. We'll catch you next time. Go Take care. Day. Buy Hold Sell brought to you by Cross Check Management. I want you to smash that like button. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.